yes, I probably have something sort of intelligent to say about all of these titles, I hope. All of that. That's a big list I just gave you. <laughs> okay, should we just get into it then? Uh, hello, everyone. You're listening. Oh, I said that too loudly. Hello, 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 everyone. End of voice. End of um, voice. Let me. Th- when this podcast comes out, it's probably going to be around Halloween, which maybe we should have done like a spooky only segment for this podcast, but I didn't plan that. Um, anyway, <laughs> we'll see how we go. Uh, I'm your player one, Oscar Taylor Kent, games editor. I'm joined, of course, by my player two. Jess Kinghorn, staff writer, official PlayStation magazine. And our player three is... There, there is no player three because Ian got assassinated, which means we'll probably be talking... He is this month's elusive target. He is this month's elusive target. And we'll probably be talking a bit more about Assassin's Creed Odyssey, uh, which is reviewed in this issue. Issue one... Uh, which issue is it? Oh, no. Yeah, issue one five five. Yes. Um, <laughs> we're always hard at work, like on so many issues ahead that yes. it's, it's hard to keep track. Um, but you know, I, I'm pleased you all get to um, get to enjoy issue issue one five five. It's been it's been an experience. It's been good, uh, and I hope it doesn't spook you too much. But uh, yes, the lead review is Assassin's Creed Odyssey. We'll be talking a bit more about that with Ian because he's the one that reviewed it. I've been playing a bit bit of it. What, have you? You, you haven't played it yet. I Jess hasn't think, played it yet. I don't think I got code. No. Oh, that's probably my fault. You can you can you can have the disc after. I can I'm yell at you. Can um, I? Yeah, but uh, yeah. What, what what were you kind of making of it? Uh, I mean, I know we we did some stuff um, before on the podcast, sort of previous stuff that we spoke about. But mm. What do you think? You like Greece? You like ancient Greece? Well, yeah. <laughs> Especially if I can be Cassandra. Mm. Sleep my way through Greece. <laughs> Oh, that's what also Ian's Spart- been doing. Also, Spartan kick my way through Greece. I mean, yeah. Um, actually, I do want to kind of talk about the Spartan kick, but first, we'll talk about the setting. Yes, go on. I then. feel like I have seen more people say about how much they love the the, the ancient Greece setting uh, more than I more than the Egypt one. I mean, oh, I love really? the Egypt one, but I feel like the the ancient Greece stuff just resonates with people a lot more. Mm. Do you think that's because like there's more? Maybe like the mythology of it. Do you think it's a bit more well known, or because obviously there is a lot of mythology in Egypt. Everyone mm. is aware of, uh, mm. e.g., Anubis. Yeah, we all know what Anubis yeah, is, but, but we don't really. I, I think it's less commonly known, like the actual sort of myths around it. Yes, like you could probably pop off a few like Egyptian god and goddess. Oh, as names. I always do, I'm always popping them off. Yeah. Like you could pop off a couple of names, but you maybe couldn't so much tell the stories around those. Where with as with ancient. Grecian myths and figures you could probably pop off the full legend and go oh yeah he appeared as golden rain and a a swan and poor (laughs) Danae I guess so I get sometimes I get the Roman ones and the Greek ones mixed up aren't they kind of the same they're very similar you know a lot about this stuff right Yes, and I think I've just I've I've, I've made a boo boo and I've gotten the Roman okay, and the Greek gods mixed up again. All right, <laughs> what was the mistake? Let's just be clear and upfront to our readers. <laughs> Let's not. I'm okay. already embarrassed. Um, <laughs> they are very similar. It's kind of um, interesting. The figures, how that happened, the figures are very similar, but names are like the key difference. Um, and I'm not a scholar in this field, so I couldn't tell you too much detail okay. about. So what the bit when you said you had intelligence stuff to say about all of this. <laughs> well, no, I, it's fine. We're I, a gaming I, podcast. Like, um, I know, yeah. the mythology type elements are, uh, are really cool. You know, there's always stuff like you know, like the Minotaur and stuff like, mm. and uh, the Gorgons. Yes, thank you. You have remembered the one, goal. the one, the one point. The one time Jess lost her lost her rank 
I don't know, are we doing family friendly? I almost said a bad word. <laughs> I lost my cool rather, yes. Oh, he got low cool snat. As we all know. Uh, this is an in-joke between me and Oscar because I really spent an, an obscene <laughs> amount of time over a Cyberpunk 2020 character sheet uh, as part of a failed Halloween costume. That's because you spent all your time on the character sheet. <laughs> it was worth it! <laughs> uh, your idea of a costume for Halloween is just a character sheet. No! There was, <laughs> there was more to it, but the character sheet was rather an integral part of that costume. That did not come to pass. Oh, it was very endearing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad someone thought so. Let's go back uh, to ancient no character Greece. sheet for my for my Halloween uh, cosplay, which was uh, well, uh, cosplay fancy dress. Ex- you know, I, I didn't. I, I don't want to say cosplay because then I, it feels like I put too much. Sounds like I put too much effort into it when I when I did not. You you did go out and buy a specific jacket. Yeah, but you know, uh, yeah, I did. I did Leon S. Kennedy, and if you'd like to see pics, follow me at Mister Oscar TK on Twitter. It is a rather fetching jacket. Yeah, it's a good jacket from Resi Six. Let's just be clear. Um, so anyway, yeah, Assassin's Creed. Um, yeah, it's like huge. Uh, it's much more RPG-like than, than the others. Because um, Origins kind of uh, tiptoed its way in that direction. And um, Assassin's Creed uh, Odyssey continues to tiptoe in that direction. What did you uh, want to say large about... T- with large toes. <laughs> Speaking of tiptoeing and mm. maybe high kicking, what did you want to say about the Spartan kick specifically? Because you were like, oh, we'll I'll come back there. to that. I'll get there. I'll okay. get there. <laughs> Okay, we're meandering through uh, to the Spartan kick at the end. I think so. Um, so yeah, like you, you, you have way more choice. I mean, you have choice in what you say, which, which you didn't in Origins. Um, but is it like genuine choice, or is it quite similar? Options? Yeah, it's quite genuine choice. I mean, I think I read something someone said where they f- they f- felt like it didn't go RPG enough because there wasn't enough consequences and stuff. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe it, it, it does end up going in that direction as a series because. It's, it's moved away a lot from the, the the classic sort of you know even syndicate level uh, sort, sort of Assassin's Creed stuff where it, I mean you're not even an assassin in this one because oh assass- the assassin's order doesn't exist because mm. um, that was explained in Origins which is set after this game because this is more like 500 BC whereas Origins is more like 50 BC um, yeah you get to you, pick a character you get to romance people now you get like there's little Excellent. icons next to some choices like this might succeed as a lie this might not succeed as a lie type thing um fabulous you know all of that kind of thing uh some of the options are highlighted in like gold and stuff and those are the ones that like move the conversation forward or you can continue to ask them uh, okay. stuff, sort of mass effect style i guess and and um i should some, go <laughs> yeah there's some other you know there's some stuff that's obviously been picked up from from the likes mm. of like Mass Effect or, or The Witcher Three, I suppose, is, is probably one of the things that's closest to. Obviously, it has this, the the Assassin's Creed gameplay uh, you'd expect. Um, the leveling is a big part of this as well now, um, which I I felt like you feel the presence of the levels a bit more than Origins, but I'm not super far into Odyssey yet. As I said, I'm not the one that reviewed it. Um, which does lead to the, the the awkward thing, which I'm I'm not like a super fan. Like I think Odyssey is a great game, don't get yeah. me wrong. Uh, but I just something feels off about when you stab someone in the neck and they don't die immediately because they're like Eesh. the wrong level. Oh, okay. Um, they're like a higher level than you or and stuff, and like a lot of the enemies around you kind of scale up. As well. Extra tough necks. Yeah, uh, which it's kind of incongruous with some of the the. The Spartan abilities, which yes. um, kind of replace um, like the one special ability you had in Origins, which was per weapon. Whereas now you have more specific abilities, and you can like 
pull from like four to eight of those at any time because you have four for your bow and, and four when you're not in bow mode uh, including of course the spartan kick which kicks people off things um and it's a bit incongruous of course because if you climb up uh, a cliff sneakily underneath someone and try to pull them off if you're not high enough level, you just kind of grab their leg and do a, like an eighth of their health. But if you just kick them off that cliff, they're going to just die immediately because they fell off a cliff. Uh, which is a bit weird. Like, it's not just whether you like Assassin's Creed or not. It's like whether you're interested in in, in like history or like ancient Greek legends because it's just so much so much to see and so much to do. It's such a long game, though. I don't think hardly anyone will ever finish it because <laughs> um, it's huge. There's so much content. Uh, to the point where it's like, so you put maybe too much in here i mean it's great but it's also like there's a lot in there it's like yeah this must have taken a long time to make because like it doesn't feel like doesn't feel like they've like cut corners really anywhere it's oh, like, really well i was looking at a couple of clips and like hmm. even for quite incidental cutscenes, like the animation is there's so much attention to detail even there like you don't just have some static character models mouthing at each other it's actually like there's gestures there's personality it's i was very impressed yeah both characters alexios and cassandra uh, performed really well by mm. the the, the people who, who acted and motion captured and voice acted them. Yes. Uh, and there's also quite a lot of differences in the performances as well, even though the script is basically the same. Yes. I mean, obviously with Cassandra, I've seen a couple of lines where it's like, you know, I, I can't remember what she says. It's like, they say something about like, ah, oh, all our men are, are dead. And Cassandra is like, ah, best send a woman to finish the job then. <laughs> yeah, there's a few small differences. Um, but yeah, even in, in when they're performing the same lines, obviously they're different. Yeah, they're different performers. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's it's, it's very cool. Yes, I I can't wait to play as Cassandra. That's all I want. She's she's a good character. Yeah, uh, it's um, be interesting to see where Assassin's Creed goes from here. Really. Yeah, yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to see them return uh, to like a sort of stripped back, more classic style one, maybe, and see see if see what they can do with that, or maybe. Uh, people have said, you know, what if they did sort of splinter the series and kind of mm. pursued a couple of different directions? That makes they've sense. Said, they've said they're not going to do one next year. Huh. Um, so who knows what they're doing? Because they've, because they've, obviously this one was developed by uh, Ubisoft uh, Quebec, mm. who worked on Syndicate, um, which was. I'm sorry, I'm looking at. They've got we got some statues. Yeah, in this, we do. In this podcast room with both Syndicate and Unity. Is Unity, of course, developed by Montreal, and then Syndicate kind of was like. Kind of like a fun, more playful take on Unity's core mechanics uh, developed by Ubisoft Quebec. And it's been a similar situation with, with Origins and Odyssey, where they're partially sort of developed alongside each other. Mm. But uh, Odyssey's built a lot on top of what Origins put forward. So, you know, with, with skipping the year, next year, I think there'll be a bigger difference in, in what that next thing is. Yeah. Um, I mean, because obviously with Odyssey, like, they were developing it sort of around the same time before Origins was out. Mm. So it's like... It weren't necessary. They were kind of iterating on what was expected, I guess. Mm. Um, but you know, that's just my take. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk. More. I said we wouldn't talk much about it, but now we well, now we have. Um, I've got a big list of games. Where do we begin? I mean, without Ian uh, here, it could just be our anime nonsense corner. <laughs> it could be. Um, so, what do you think about the man with the red coat, Dante? Dante? Oh, I think he's. He's wonderful. Yes. 
I, that was not what I was going to say. I was going to say very pretty, but, you know. <laughs> I guess so. It's pulled together because we've seen a lot more about Dante now. Mm. Um, and we're you know, on recording. We're, we're on the verge of finding out more about V, I think. Mm, um, yeah, not sure what to make of him. Proper name? I can't remember. We uh, just call him V at the moment. I don't know. Yes, and uh, I'm sure. So, I'm sure on Twitter someone will yell at us. And, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, all eyes on Dante at the moment. You know, he's. Yes. Um, well, I, I have at least some of my eye on Lady and Trish as well. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, because they're they're along for the ride with Dante. Yeah, know, similar to um, in in DMC Four Special Edition, I guess. Um, but yeah, we, we know a lot more about how Dante plays now. Oh. You know, there's been some gameplay. Um, mm. What do you think? You know, he's got the big motorcycles. Yes, I mean, there's there's. Uh, I mean, he's he's got a few. He's got quite a few different tricks up his sleeve. Mm. Um, he's quite a varied fighter. Um, it's good. It's good to see that they're keeping some of the differences that that they sort of put across in Devil May Cry 4 you know like how Nero was quite different to Dante because mm. especially going from as someone who's familiar with say Devil May Cry 3 and becoming familiar with how Dante's kind of meant to play and how he's been built up to play from DMC 1 through 3 and then you handed Nero who is similar but he's different enough where at first you feel kind of like I'm not sure about this mm. uh, and then you end up switching halfway through that game to playing as Dante and then you end up missing some of the stuff that you've learned as, as Nero because yeah. I mean, Dante was better than ever to control him for, but it's interesting how they did manage to endear you to Nero's style of gameplay in four, um, and then keep them feeling uh, feeling quite separate. And it looks like they're just building on that even more in, in five, which is exciting because that's exactly what I wanted from Devil May Cry five. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I haven't actually played it yet. You're the one that's, that's played it. Um, it's good. Played the Nero. <laughs> yeah. Take my word for it. It's good. You played the Nero demo that we spoke about last time. Yes. Uh, yeah, but Dante looks looks just as good as ever. Uh, also, he's got this. He's keeping his style switches. Mm. His on the fly style changes. Yeah. Uh, what weapons does he have? Um, he's got rebellion still. Ebony and ivory are back. Ebony and ivory. Yes, of course. The, the was it the little shotgun he's got? I forgot what that's called. He has I the D, don't. I think. Um, I don't know. He's got the spider blade as well in this mm, one. Which of course. Is interesting to see him have like sort of right off the bat, mm. um, which is like a really big sword, basically. Can't go far and wrong with that. And it kind of transforms into like a scythe sometimes. Ooh. I wonder if it'll have some sort of new modes um, in this one. But yeah, the the, the, um, the motorbike ones. Which which game was it with the motorbike scene? Because you showed it to me. Oh, um, Devil May Cry three. Yeah. Uh, has the scene where he's going up the side of the tower. Yes. Can't remember if there's much motorbike stuff in 4. I don't really think so. Uh, I feel like there might be at least a motorbike at some point. Yeah. He generally... Um, motorbikes are a theme, I suppose, but this is the most the most crazy. In thing. your face. Yeah. I mean, yeah, as, as, you, as you mentioned in 3, he does have... In the cutscene, he does fight with the motorcycle. Yes, and now we get to actually fight with the motorcycle Probably ourselves, with, which is great. Um, and obviously there's an episode of the anime that's all about the... Uh... You showed me a lot of that too. <laughs> I actually kind of want to watch, like, I've heard not great things about that anime. but I, I think it's good. I kind of want to go back and watch it. And I love that in the dub it's uh, Ruben Langdon, who of course has been the voice of Dante since yes. 3 onwards, really. And he's and back he's... for 5 as well, right? Oh, yes. Which is great. He's... Uh... A talented man. He is extremely talented. I've seen I've seen his demo reels and know, all yeah. his like um, stunt keep, work. He's I extremely keep talented. Sending DMs with them, in. and I watch every single mm. one because I can't get enough of Ruben Langdon. 
Um, yeah, so I guess it just goes to show most we're looking forward to that game. Um, I'm really interested to see how sort of V will play. And yeah. And sort of add to the, the, yeah. the Nero Dante dynamic. Um, yeah, I'm sequence. not sure what to think of V so far. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, why are you not sold? I mean, we've is seen. Because he wears sand. I mean, that is a point against him. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I mean, we've seen so little. I can't really make a judgment now, obviously. But I'm like, oh, I'm not sure about this. Like from his character design, and I just mm, not sure yet, obviously. And uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Oh, he oh. may well surprise me. <laughs> the sandal wearer. Um. Talking about sandals, oh, I've got no, I've got no good segue for this. Um, I mean, if we talked about Odyssey now, that would have been an okay segue. Yeah, sandals are hard. <laughs> no, what? Sand- hard to segue from. Uh, sandals. I was going to say sandals are strange. Life oh is God. strange. Oh, I can't believe you're doing this to me, Oscar. You didn't, you didn't like that segue. No. But you wrote that segue on a piece of paper and you handed it to me. You said, say this is gold. You wrote above it. That is and lies. You, you set me up. Lies and slander. Um, but yes, I played the first episode of Life is oh, Strange 2. Oh, Yeah. Um, that explains why we segued into it. Yeah. Uh, what did you, uh, what do you think? Well, obviously, you, you, can, you, dear listener, can read my review sooner rather than later. Yeah, so episode one, right? Yes, episode one. And, um... I liked it a lot. Obviously, the first season of Life is Strange, your power is super integral to that game. It is like a defining feature. You're always using it. The powers in this game are not quite as integral. I mean, they're very integral to the story, but not mm, so much mm. gameplay. I suppose with the rewind mechanic, there was essentially the power in the first game. You're sort of playing with the uh, the form of the game itself, I mm. suppose. And, and that, mm. that, the, the, the dynamic of choice within... Yeah. Sort of episodic narrative games, whereas in this case, what, what is this power again? I, I've not played it yet. I desperately uh, want to, but I have not played it yet. As far as I can see, it's like some kind of force power. If he's under, it's, it's the, that old chestnut of under emotional stress, uh, there is like a wave of telekinetic force from him. Oh, but, I can relate um, to that. The I know, uh, same, right? <laughs> uh, but also, big mood. Uh, but also, um, he has, you know, some more refined telekinetic skills, but um, it's very much linked to his emotional state. I don't want to spoil too much, obviously, because it's a narrative game. But um, I, I did like it a lot. The initial kind of like tension of the first episode, the way it's resolved, I really liked. Though that is largely dependent on the way I chose to resolve it. Oh, okay. Um, so does it feel like there's quite a lot of choice within just this first episode already? Uh maybe not but like the way a lot of the choice comes down to what you're trying to impart to your younger brother about the world Mm. and that's an interesting context for choices um it's a new it's a new spin um uh not super new because uh walking dead did it most recently um yeah i guess so i mean literally the final season yes you know the 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 the, uh, Will it end or will it not? Final season with the whole Telltale thing. That yeah. we're not gonna get into. I mean, it's a fascinating situation. I do recommend reading up on it, but we do not have enough time to get into it right now. Yeah. But yeah, no. Um, I, I was talking to uh, weeks ago. Now I was talking to uh, Laura Kate Dale about it, and she was saying like how interesting it is to have that context of like 
any kind of choice but with a child present witnessing and learning mm. and absorbing you know and how that will come and affect you later how that will affect you later in the story um is just incredibly an, inter- an incredibly interesting direction for narrative games yeah, it's always an interesting saying. dynamic uh, seems sort of within the last few years well i say few years i guess the, the first the walking dead also had a similar thing didn't it yeah, where you were always considering playing as Lee, like what Clementine was going to think. Mm. Um, but yeah, you got obviously stuff like The Last of Us, um, and obviously God of War as well. Mm. God of War is very much about that, you know, for more of a father-son angle yeah. than, a, than, a, than a brother and younger brother angle. Yeah, no, and um, that's the kind of I guess part of the like main hook for Life is Strange too is that you are the sixteen-year-old kid. So you're trying to balance like surviving with responsibility, but also you're just 16 and you've been through an incredibly traumatic event. And it's just, yeah, I I know I'm going to cry a lot by Uh, the end of the season. And I am so ready for it. I mean, there were some... No tears shed? I can't quite remember, but I think I was quite... I was quite steely. I was quite steely this episode. Steely. There were a few few moments, especially towards the end. Steely Jess. Yes, um, <laughs> there were a couple of, there were some moments towards the end of this episode uh, that are just a gut punch, basically. A gut punch. Just, uh, stuff to do with his phone is all I'm going to say. When you get to it, you will know. Oh, don't tell me he breaks his phone. I've been in similar situations and I get very upset. Yeah, so like as far as like first episodes go, then you like saying I... okay. So this is the thing. So while like life is strange, like the whole gameplay aspect of the superpower like it, that that was much stronger that aspect the first episode of season one of life is strange um was far more unsure of what it was in other aspects mm. but season two's first episode is far more consistent tonally and in terms of identity even though like the superpowers are kind of relegated to just the story um rather than gameplay as well um but that said overall i think it is a stronger first episode yeah I mean, like emotionally as well in terms of emotional beats as well um it's it's like in terms of like the emotional arc the narrative it's a little less experimental but like it's it feels far more refined as well sorry i'm gonna stop otherwise i'm just gonna talk a lot about story uh and which i love no to do spoilers no spoilers exactly story is important to uh, these types of games mm. i guess i mean tbqh uh to be quite honest for for the uh, uh, I don't older really, listeners, yeah, um, uh, I don't really remember what happened in the first episode of Life is Strange. I had to go back as well, um, and it's so it's like so weird thinking about playing that first episode for the first time because it's that game became something completely different by the end. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I, yeah, I guess a bit feels a bit more like you're locked into stuff in like the, the last couple of episodes. I thought. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 still quite I experimental. I like the cozier but... side of. Yeah, hanging I mean, co- out in Max's and... room or like yeah, like the smaller scale. I mean, yeah, by cozy. Um, yeah, I mean they get pretty destructive. Like, yeah, I mean quite quickly, but I was quite like the sort of the angle of like yeah, like maybe with... it's just that they don't well, they won't like you if you say this, or maybe there's nothing you can say. Or... Yeah, no, I mean that whole like teenage anxiety. It really, it really plays on that very. I think expertly. it's very effective at that. Yeah. Yes. Um, but I really like. I mean, I, I just I really love the way that the, the the rewind stuff does play into that. So yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. Yeah. For for me to see how they pull it off, uh, not having it tied tied so into the the form of the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it sounds like a terrific start. 
Yeah, I especially going to be interesting to see how it goes uh, with obviously the whole Telltale thing. Yeah, them not really them, uh, you know, closing down essentially. Um, Like, you know, there's not tons of other episodic stuff out there besides you know that and the council. Yeah, which you should play because I still think it's you should absolutely play the council, which is far (sighs) less polished than the first episode of Life is Strange Two, but it is no less interesting. It's different. It's uh, very different, and for that reason, I have to recommend it because it tries to do something new with the whole choice-driven yeah, narrative game. But we'll be doing a full review of that. Oh, will we? I think I still need to play episode four uh, and yeah. get ready for five. Again, towards yeah, five will be out soon. Yes. I think so. Um, you know, keep keep your keep both eyes peeled. Well, keep any eyes peeled that you want to keep. Peeled. Your eyes on the inside, your eyes on the outside. Keep your emotional feelings in check and ready for our review of the council. I feel like it's going to be I'm a doozy. It up a bit too much. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know it'll be all right. Uh, speaking of eyes, here we go. Go on then. What, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? Uh, Sega announced Judge Eyes. I feel like I've been stabbed in Yakuza's the chest by that terrible segue. Uh, ah, yeah. my eyes! <laughs> Though uh, in in the West, it's currently just known as Project Judge. Mm. Um, it's from Yakuza Studio mm-hmm. or uh, whatever they're called in Japan. Ryuga Gyaki. Ryuga Gotoku. I can't remember. As Walk almost, like a dragon. You, yeah, you almost uh, you almost pulled off. Almost, but you I made it sound like you did. <laughs> but I, any Japanese listeners are like, oh, but she didn't. Ryuga Gyakuten <laughs> or something. I don't know. I don't have it up. Um, like a dragon. Um, yes, as the series is known. Uh, anyway, uh, they're, they're, they've announced a game that isn't Yakuza. Yeah, which is nice. But happens in the same universe. Uh, I'm not sure if they've oh, said okay. that is true or not. Okay. Is set in Camarocho, which is the the fictional version yes, of, of Kabukicho. Kabukicho. Uh, Get it right. That is in, that is in, <laughs> that is in Yakuza. So as it's sort of yes or no, I, I don't know if they. If there'll be any cameos or anything, I haven't followed up on every. Story My fingers tale. are crossed. <laughs> It'll be cool. Uh, so the main difference here, obviously, is mm-hmm. is that you're you're on the side of more sort of more justice. sort of justice. I mean, well, I mean, you uh, can, I mean, Kiryu's always on the side of justice, yeah. but he, you know, he's not really on the right side of the law per se. No, he's not. As honourable as he may be, yes. um, so we got like, a little piece about about that in this issue, uh, where I kind of dive a bit more into the behind the scenes type stuff. I mean, uh, one of the big big things about it is that Takuya Kimura is playing the main character Yagami. He's like super popular in Japan. Yeah, yeah. He's like um, a boy band. He's done everything, and he's a bit of an icon. I was talking to uh, Melinda Hetfeld, who is mm, a fantastic mm, freelancer mm. and often writes for us. And she is really up, like she knows her stuff when it comes to uh, Japanese actors, media talent. Yeah. And so she, she, you know, told me over DMs, kind of like that he's this guy and he's a really big deal because, and uh, it was enlightening and illuminating. Yeah, well, yeah, we delve a bit more into that kind of stuff in, in, our, in our news piece, and also a bit sort of. Uh, I mean, we've had some hands on with it uh, based on the on the gem- demo, the Japanese yeah. demo. Um, it plays a lot like Yakuza Six, but a bit different. Um, obviously, it's different, just, good, different, good. Or? Yeah, yeah, it, it feels like it expands a lot, especially combat wise, because mm. even though you're on the side of justice, there's still just as many street brawls that you'll be involved in. Uh, it's got some sort of style switching stuff, uh, mm. a la. Uh, Yakuza Zero yeah. sort of stuff, which they didn't really have in in six. Um, so look, yeah, they're basically you know 
taking that new engine and, and just kind of working working on it a bit more um there's some other sort of gameplay elements too to sort of tie into the the whole because in, in this you're a private detective uh you used to be a defense attorney yes until you were sort of uh dishonorably discharged or whatever because <laughs> someone you got off um yeah you miraculously got off a case was then uh found to have murdered their girlfriend well, or something allegedly allegedly um, allegedly is the word yeah so he was kind of because he just got this person off yeah uh, he was kind of held responsible yeah um so now he works as like a private detective um and there's like a serial killer and you know i can't wait this is it's like, called in, Jap- in japanese it's like under the eyes of the death god or something i love it <laughs> uh, something like that i mean it's just referred to as project judge here uh, Shinigami no Yuigon or something. Oh, okay. Um, which means something like that. Yeah, I, I can't wait. The will wait. of the death god or Ooh. something. I can't wait. Like I, I mean, mean, anyone who knows death though knows what Shinigami means. Or bleach. Or bleach. What is bleach? <laughs> it's slowly sliding into Jess and Oscar's anime nonsense. You know corner. I don't mess with bleach, Jess. I don't either. Well, you know, okay. <laughs> I did read the final chapters though. Anyway a weird ending no spoilers i mean i'll never finish that well, anyway. i mean i mean there were circumstances leading up to the weird ending but let's not get into that this mm. is a gaming podcast not a manga and anime podcast as much as we would like it to be uh, <laughs> yeah i don't think we got any like anime games to talk about from that's this issue. next issue yeah yeah uh what are we talking about <laughs> we're talking about judge eyes why did you de- derail this with your death note chat how dare you jess on my podcast. <sighs> it was definitely you that derailed it first. Anyways, nope. I, I just wanted to say that I'm that. really looking forward to, uh, you know, this mystery investigation plotline in what is ostensibly plays very much like a Yakuza oh, yes, game. Yes, I was talking about the gameplay. Yes. So there's like elements of, of that and stuff. I mean, the, the demo is, I think, basically the very beginning of the game. Because uh, it's got like the opening cutscene and everything, and, and it just delves into sort of tutorial sort of stuff. So it, I, I didn't really get a sense of how deep this stuff's going to go, uh, but there's elements in it where like you uh, have to find the suspect based on like a list of features, and there's mm. a few people around you can look at them, and figure out yeah. what it is. So sort a of tailing thing. Tailing is never that fun, to be honest. Uh, but yeah. you know, it wasn't that bad in this. You know, you kind yeah. of stopping behind signs to like check your phone so you look like this yeah. person hanging out. Uh, and then you got like other bits where you're kind of looking over scenes, looking over mm. areas, and then there was like a chase sequence mm. where you're sort of running at them and you're kind of pressing some buttons every now and again as you like throw something at you. It felt like a bit more involved than the chase sequence is in Yakuza Six, of which there are not many. Yeah, and they were not that good. Yeah, I mean it's always it can always be a bit hit and miss when video games try to do like detective investigation kind of gameplay. So fingers crossed for Judge Eyes. Yeah. Uh, if it gets like if the, if there ends up being some sort of more complex stuff to do, it's quite good. Mm. At the moment, you know, it, it seemed like they were fairly sort of mini gamey. Yeah. Um, but again, it's just the very beginning of it, of the section. Exactly. Of the game. Yeah. Uh, and the combat did did seem better than ever, really, because uh, obviously can't he's wait. trained in martial arts. Of course. Of course he is. Uh, 
there's like a bunch of other people playing. I think there's some other famous people in, in the game as well. I, um, yeah, I can't remember them off the top of my head, but I remember no, going, oh, hey, it's that guy. There's quite a few. Um, and it's um, it's kind of framed sort of quite J-drama-y, kind of like legal drama I can't wait. I'm super psyched. Yeah. Um, it looks like there'll be some goofy stuff as well, like some of the disguises they've revealed, because you can like dress up in disguises. Like Mr. Activities. Vampire. There's some like really goofy ones, and there's like drone racing and stuff. So it looks like there'll probably be some sort of goofy Yakuza and touches uh from what i've seen so far it looks like it's taking itself quite seriously yeah. in the main story but you can say the same with yakuza to be honest um but it does look like it's kind of different tonally i mean just having that sort of uh, legal drama sort of mm. edge to it um, mm. i mean there is a dramatic moment where he is dressed up as sort of a homeless person for the disguise and then he just whips his outfit off and he's suddenly very handsome and then he has a fight speaking of homeless disguised investigators there's another there is another game we could potentially segue into on your list 428 Shibuya Scramble oh okay (laughs) I was was scanning down my list as quickly as I could yeah so so I'm thrown now Um, we reviewed in this issue 428 Shibuya Scramble the uh, finally the, the western release of the, this F, sort yeah. of FMV-ish. I mean, there are definitely full motion video sections. Yes. It's mostly still images yes. of real people. Uh, it's like a visual novel type thing. Yes. But, it, it, I mean... It, Talk to me about it. You played it, actually. I actually played <laughs> this you, one. you reviewed this for, for Games Master as well. And yes. I reviewed it for Visual PlayStation Magazine. And my... together, we are fans of this game. Yes. Um, so, I, I, got a, uh, I got a very saucy joke into the final issue of Games Master uh, because of this game. But um, I can't believe you would do this. So it's all your fault? It's all my fault. Yeah, <laughs> blame me. I'm sorry. Anyways, so 428 Shibuya Scramble, like, for those not familiar, oh, wait, a visual novel with, like, static images of, like, live actors. How How entertaining could that be? Just play it. Please just play it. It's so... The writing... Ah, and the characters, and help me, Oscar, I can't form full um, sentences. I think it's because, like, um, I mean, you don't get that many visual novels with sort of a no. real-world setting. Yeah. Uh, that is so, um, well, for the most part, it's, it's very dis- decidedly uh, real-world. I mean, yes. There, there are, uh, like, a few sort of outlandish elements. But oh, yeah. It's very much meant to be sort of set in I mean, especially in a real towards world. the end, it gets really yeah. out there. Um, but, yeah, um, and all the characters, you play, like... How many characters are there? Like five or so? And it's, uh, and it's, well, I mean, and it's it chops and changes a few of those, but that's towards the end. But five for most of the game, yeah, yes. So you play an hour chunk at a time, essentially, of this sort of kidnapping plot, mm, shall we say. Which metamorphoses into, into, a, into a wider sort of conspiracy. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, but he, things each character does sort of influence what happens to the other characters. So you might make choices here and there that while they won't affect your that character directly they might have negative impacts for the other characters yeah. and you're sort of uh you're sort of trying to mold this complete timeline together in a way where everyone gets through that hour and then you unlock the next hour um so you you, you come across a lot of bad ends and, and stuff which yeah. is basically a game over but yes uh, you never really feel too punished by it i mean a lot yes. of the bad ends are very goofy they're really funny uh, and then it gives you like a hint as to sort of where you might change have stuff gone wrong. the hints are actually Oh, I was just going to say, the hints aren't super obscure. They're usually pretty straightforward. You will know it's like, oh, that choice. I need to pick something different. Yeah, so you're flicking between all these characters quite quickly, uh, which makes it feel quite varied. Mm. Um, and all the characters are quite likable. Yeah. They're almost all stupid. In some <laughs> way or another. But, like, endearingly so. Yeah, but 
it gives them this kind of um this sort of humanity i guess yeah um, absolutely yeah because they're not like too ridiculous well, like some, some they have moments of being a bit ridiculously ridiculous. stupid it's pretty but ridiculous. at the same time i don't know it, it gives them all a sort of weakness yeah um, that you, and as you're trying to sort of mold them through into into a way where they won't all die or something, or yeah. or retire and become farmers, which is one bad end, <laughs> or get so scared after seeing a bug they die, <laughs> yeah, so, which is one bad end. Um, it's just a lot of fun. Um, if you're at all interested in visual novels or sort of Japanese crime thrillers, yeah. Um, and this is a good one to check out. Yeah. Um, it's also like uh, not quite as intimidating for newcomers to the genre. There's a lot of reading. There's always going to be a lot of reading with visual novels. But like this one does kind of hold you by the hand quite yeah, nicely. Yeah, the hourly chunks and there's like a whole load of checkpoints, like chapter checkpoints yeah. in between. It makes it so it feels quite split up. Yeah. Um, I definitely put this. It still feels like an older visual novel. Oh, yeah. Someone who's, who's more familiar with more recent ones. Uh, there's some definite sort of quality of life features that are missing yeah uh, but obviously if you're a newcomer to the genre you won't necessarily know that um, yeah. and i would i would put this as a sort of a, a very good entry point uh, yes to that kind of thing um uh, i'm not sure sh- you know depending on the person I, i'd probably recommend something like this over even the sort of more gameplay infused uh, aspects of stuff like you know danganronpa Mm. Or, which is still excellent escape. yeah they're still good um but i think for a certain sort of person i i'd probably recommend something like this yes um and it helps yeah yeah that it's it's so it helps being sort of in the real world and, and yeah being so fun i guess yes it's it's a lot of fun um must warn you there are a lot of twin peaks references there are a whole oh, lot of them uh, but other than that I really liked it. I'm really endeared to it. I want to play more of it and find all of the bad ends because, like, like 99% of them are actually worth finding. So how do we segue from that? Yeah. Uh, so 428, 428, 428 um, my, miles. Is, I f- went over that distance when I went to New York City this month. Oh, why were you in New York? I was just chilling. Oh. Just, you know, chilling in NYC is what they call it in the biz. Oh, is that right? Uh, yeah, I went to sort of Manhattan area, uh, had some pizza, had Taco Bell. Oh, did your tummy agree with that? Yeah, it's quite good, actually. I, I enjoyed it. I had, um, I can't remember, someone on Twitter told me to get something, and I got I got it. It's and- like a taco, but it's kind of like a thicker shell. Anyway, I was there to play Just Cause 4. <laughs> Um, oh, I want to hear more about this taco, man. <laughs> it wasn't a taco. Well, I had one taco. It was, it was like two of these other things. Uh, I want to say like chalupas, something like that. And then one taco. Uh, I had beef. Oh, yes. What? And what? What did you have with the beef? I don't know what else is in it. Like you know, <laughs> stuff. <laughs> stuff. It was all good. You know, all the sort of taco esque things. Okay. The um, accoutrement of taco. I went to Pret a lot. They got a lot of Pretts in New York. Oh, I bet they do. Starbucks, of course. A cold brew there is very nice. Oh. They come in these little glass bottles. Do they have that here? I don't know. I've been to Starbucks. In I I don't believe they have it here. But uh, what do good, I know? Good bottled cold brew. Uh, the un- even the unsweetened ones. Yeah, it's Ooh. got sort of a little cocoa kick. Uh, anyway, I was going to play Just Cause Four. Yes, Just Cause. Sorry, I I got um, distracted by food. <laughs> yes, and visited Avalanche Studios uh, when they're hard at work, um, basically submitting the game. Mm. Um, you know, we've got we basically we got a huge feature on it. Um, it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I got to go hands on it. The the interview stuff was 
very enlightening you know yeah talk to a few different people involved in the game from like the founder to the director like the founder of like the co-founder of the studio itself yeah. and like creator of just course from the beginning to like the, the narrative lead and like the director so it's like a huge load of different yeah different I, approaches so, I, so definitely pick it up and, and read yeah. that i remember you telling me um i won't obviously go into too much detail about because we'd love you to read the feature but i remember you just kind of saying how passionate everyone working on it was yeah uh, hugely passionate passionate team yeah yeah so it's, it's a good interview um, read it yeah they have like they have like a, a job title there is like destruction designer because um, yeah basically that's what i want to be when i grow up <laughs> basically yeah so just cause is where do you know what everyone knows what just causes you have a gra- let's your, pretend your Rico, i don't your rico rodriguez and you have a grappling hook and you have a parachute and you have a wingsuit well now you have a wingsuit since three um and basically you're blowing stuff up and creating chaos which is sort of a thing you accumulate to progress through the game um, and in this one, uh, so you're on this island called Solis. I think it's an island. Uh, in this country called Solis. Right. Uh, which is sort of the South American country. I think South America. Uh, I don't have my notes, which I probably should have, considering we're recording a podcast about this. Um, but, you know, it's fun to see what I remember. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so you're basically trying to liberate this country. Um, and as opposed to, like, three where you're sort of liberating chunks of it at a time. You're more sort of trying to sweep your army across the whole thing. And there's always, like, a front line, because part of this new front line system. So you'll always be able to see where you are sort of on that map, how far you've progressed. Okay. And there'll always be conflict going on in that area. And obviously, if you cross behind it, you're in behind enemy lines. It's more dangerous. And obviously, on the side that you control, it's going to be less dangerous. I mean, it can still be dangerous either side. Mm. Um so essentially, with the, with the with the grappling hook and stuff, you can you have a, like an immense freedom of how you move around this space and sort of you know, lift yourself up in the air. Like when you're in the parachute, you can grapple onto stuff and like pull yourself along a bit. Or same with the wingsuit, so you can sort of it's almost Spider Man esque, you know, the way oh. you sort of swooping in around this place. I'm doing lots of hand movements that you can't see, but I can. Mm. And let me tell you, listener, they're great. Yeah, and, and with the grappling hook this time, this sort of consolidates some of the new powers they've added in previous installments, or to be sort of on the grappling hook now. So essentially, now there's three elements to the grappling hook. You got that. Well, four if you if you include just simply pulling yourself somewhere. But outside of that, you can retract things together. So you know, you go boom, boom, and then these things come together. Uh, you have an airlift where you basically put a balloon on a thing, and you have a boost, which you know you know what a boost is. It's basically, you put a rocket on it. Uh, and these can all you can like you can customize like how all of this stuff works as to like whether it, when you put put a balloon on it if it immediately goes up or if you wait until you like press a button or if you wait until you like hold the button um, and you can like change how those all work so like the maximum height of the balloon you can change it so the balloon follows you you can change it so that the boosters will only like boost in a horizontal line or a vertical line. Or a certain amount of speed and all that. And you can change it so that... in Because you have three different loadouts at once. You can change it so that you're having all of these things going on at once. Uh, all with, like, different presses. So, like, you have something that does automatically. And then when you press it, then, then when you hold it... It's like some, like, four million combinations or something stupid. That's if you really something. So, yeah, you can basically customize how all of these things work, like, very minutely. To, like, give you a huge amount of control over... Basically, this physics sandbox, uh, so you can do all sorts of crazy stuff. Like you can put, um, 
yeah, so basically everything I said is very hard to conceptualize without looking at the game. Um, obviously, there's some great screenshots and everything mm. in, in, in the piece, mm. and it kind of break this down a bit more. Uh, but you can do stuff like, for instance, you can because you, you can also supply drop in stuff mm. that you unlock over time. So you can like supply drop in a tank. Uh, you can put uh, balloons on the tank, boosters on the tank, and then get in the tank, and then you're flying around. You can set it so it doesn't go too high, so it goes to a certain distance, and then so when you press a button, like the boosters will activate, and you kind of get a burst of speed. And then you basically got a flying tank. Um, or you can do other things like you can put boosters just on enemies and then just boost them away and then they're, they're gone. <laughs> Probably dead because that's a that's, you know it's a lot of force. I put some I put some balloons on a on a tractor, flew around for a bit. It's great. You can retract things together. You can you can do all sorts of crazy stuff. You can like use the retraction to like link people onto like a roundabout and like a fair, and then put boosters on like all the horses on the roundabout thing. So it boosts around, and then everyone who's attached to it just spins around with it. Uh, all, all kinds of stuff like that. If you, if you can think to like play around with it, like you probably can. Uh, like the big thing with this one also is like the the weather system, the extreme weather. Mm. So each of the four different biomes in Solis has basically a different sort of extreme weather going on. Uh, it's from like tornadoes, like blizzards, sandstorms, and like thunderstorms, and those all work differently as well. But you can sort of... Uh, the key thing about it is, like, it doesn't really feel, like, annoying. Like, they're all, like, learnable patterns. Like, the tornadoes are always going to go down these certain tornado alleys. And, like, the storms, you can... You, if, the storms, like, will zap you if you go too high. But you can also, like, you know, uh, swoop down lower or, like, send other stuff up to attract the lightning. Or, obviously, if they're enemies, you've got balloons. Like, if you put them up, then they're going to get zapped. So there's like a huge amount of stuff to, to play around with. Uh, any questions? Who is David S. Pumpkins? <laughs> I don't get that reference. Oh yeah, you don't like SNL, never mind. Uh, well, it's not like I don't like SNL. It's just, you know. It's not your cup of tea, and I, that's fine. I, you know, I sent you that sketch the other day. It was an SNL sketch. I said, this was funny. It was quite funny. It was well, the, yeah, it was the Ryan Gosling sketch where he um, has a moment about the papyrus font used for the Avatar logo. It was that mini film. Anyways. It's not even actually papyrus. <laughs> Let's not get into that now. But yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, if you want to know more about Just Cause, like I go into it in this. Um, I saw the basics of it, really. Um, it's looking good. It's fun. It comes out quite soon in December, so... Oh, looking good. Gonna have to tear stuff up. Uh, yeah, essentially. Um, I'm trying to think of a, a segue. Um, uh, another sort of person with freedom, like Rico Rodriguez, would be some like a rancher. Are we talking? You, are we talking about a cowboy game? No, slime no. rancher. <laughs> Okay, I, got, I you had me going there, slime rancher. Yes, yeah, I, well, I, it's got rancher in the name, Jess. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I don't really know anything about this game. I like slimes. I like slime. I like, I like just sort of being covered in just goopy slime. Let's not get into what you get up to at your weekends, Oscar. Um, so, uh, slime rancher, it's adorable. There are slimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you're you're well covered. There are slimes, Oscar. I am well covered. I didn't mean it like that. 
Um, but yeah, there are slimes. They are all adorable. Why you do you can, do this to me? You can, uh, but the real thing you want to keep an eye on is the fact that when you feed a slime, they drop plorts, which is... Is this like gremlins? No? <laughs> I've seen gremlins. I don't think it's aged that well. I, to be honest, I prefer gremlins too. Anyway, continue. <laughs> what is a slime? Okay, why do you so, ranch them? <laughs> so, so, as I was saying, you, you ranch them because when you feed slimes, they drop plot. And plot... You want plot. What? You want plot, You want plot. It is money. So the goal of the game is to just ranch these slimes to get your but the grimy is, hands on the, as much plot as you the can thing is, carry. There are different kinds of slimes, and then there's different kind of, kinds of plots. Well, and what kind of economy plots, is this? Certain plots are worth more, obviously, and the value changes depending on how much plot you try to sell. So you want to have quite a few different varieties of slime on the go, either free range or on your ranch. Is this a commentary on capitalism? Maybe. <laughs> Somewhere deep down. But also, it's just a very, um, like, you are doing a lot of the same things from day to in-game day but like it's quite a satisfying loop it's very it's very very cute and endearingly so um it's very sweet and sugary the visuals and it's just it's just nice to sort of chill and go right okay i'm going to uh farm tabby slimes and i'm going to make them eat the plot of a different kind of slime so that i have a new kind of slime and they will give me two different kinds of plots and I'll be able to sell them for Oscar is looking at his phone he's not enjoying this explanation of the economy of Slime Rancher uh huh sure likely story but anyways so he's um, gonna take a nap (laughs) wake me up when you're done I I like the look of this I like slimes it's very you know as as, as you know as you keep saying you like slimes maybe too much um, but yeah, Slime Rancher is adorable. Um, it's and there's, it's just, I mean, there's like, yeah. Read my review for more. Um, I really liked it, and I need to go back and play more. I just mm, need to while mm, away because mm. when I was playing it for review, time just passed really quickly while I was playing that game. Um, I, I got very into it. I got very zen, and I was. It's a very. It's quite a relaxing experience. Um, not to say that it's not. It's not. Not to say it's devoid of danger. There are tar slimes, which are easily taken out by uh, a little bit of water uh, and Wait, some elbow why? grease. You but kill slimes. N- you dissolve <sighs> evil slimes. <laughs> Dissolving is the same as killing, isn't it? That they, they, they are what happens when a slime eats a plot that is not of their type. If they're already two different types of... This is stressing me out just hearing about it. But already it, different what, type... quite zen when you get into it then? Or... Yes. I, I'm, I'm making it sound way more complicated You're than it is. You're making me stress. Well, the game is not I stressful. I feel very anxious. <laughs> it's because I'm talking a lot about plot and slimes and tar slimes. The different colours. And, and yes. But yeah, so it's like one of the sort of zen sort of games that you just kind of get. Yeah, into. like, I really like it. Um, I guess... It's a little bit similar to stuff like Stardew Valley, but um, it's it's also it's got its own identity oh, as well. Right. Well, you like Stardew, so I really like Stardew Valley. So, um, so you know, if you like Stardew, maybe check out Slime. Yeah, like if you if you if you're like I don't know on year eight of your farm, maybe it's time to uh, move to the ranch. Huh. Okay. So I, just as much as I like Slime being just covered all over my face, uh, you also <laughs> like. To put the VR on your face. <laughs> and then put my full face of makeup on the VR headset for the whole team to enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so which VR game? Are, it's Astrobot, right? 
Well, I could have been talking about transference. I just thought we would have Jess's VR corner now. Oh, because, Where yes, the, uh, it's been a while, hasn't it, since we've had Jess's VR corner. Yeah, so, you know, let me know. Let me know. Okay. I so, played Astrobot a preview, and I, I loved it. It's I loved super cute. I loved looking at cute. the robots, and I liked, uh, I lent forward, and I did a little peek. Yes. I, I, I was, like, around the corner, I was like, oh. I, 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 um, I'm one of those horrible up, people oh, that, uh. Horrible. I, 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 in between levels, I, I. Bop Astrobot on the head with my controller. It's really satisfying. (laughs) And he can also get stuck to your visor if you get too close as well. It's he's really cute. It's just it's just quite a polished uh, 3D platformer, and it's in VR like it's just inherently more interesting. And um, the the levels themselves are pretty like straightforward, and the boss fights are like Mm. kind of rule of three, pretty easy to get through. But um, it's just so cute and it's so shiny. And I really like it. It it makes me happy. It's not huge, but like there, guess, there is a I lot to do. Like there's a lot of chunks to it. Yes, so there's a I lot of chunks. You don't, you don't feel like you have to have like be strapped into the VR mm-hmm. zone for like ages at a yeah. time. It's quite nice to sometimes just have something small you can just sort yeah. of get the VR out for and just just like have a little little go for a bit. And then obviously you know once you done like a level you're like oh maybe you know just one more type thing that's often just being yeah sucked completely into into this world yeah Um, i think maybe a bit more taxing is possibly transference transference that's more of an intense experience i think Uh, is that is that right to say um it's more intense than astrobot i mean the scares yes um but like it's a scary game is it Yes, so it's a horror VR game. Oh, okay. we love those. Um, but uh, it's also it's much. How did you manage? <laughs> I don't think I was in the office when you were reviewing it. It's probably for the best, as some screams cannot be unheard. Mine are quite blood curdling when startled. Um, but yeah, no. Well, um, you know, blood should be curdled. It's the only way to eat it, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm not eating non-curdled blood. What'd you take me for, an uncivilized monster? Um, but yes, no. Um, not drinking milk straight from the cow, you know. Ooh, <laughs> transparency, horror experience. Not it's that about, kind of vampire. It's about uh, three hours long, so much shorter than Astrobot, um, and it is very much an experience and quite a self-contained story. But there are some decent spooks. There are definitely early on. There are definitely moments where I found myself desperately trying to escape a virtual kitchen because the big scary uh, thing. Not again. Was, the big scary thing was coming for me and me specifically and it did not look happy oh, and dear. it was like i knew i'd already played that part at preview and i already kind of knew what was going to happen but i was i was not i was i was not prepared <laughs> um and uh yeah no it's it looks really good uh it looks really really good um especially in vr because uh, it kind of synthesizes these um uh. video logs using live actors and then sometimes you see the same characters in the sort of virtual world, but their character models are heavily stylized with like lots of shadow. So it it, oh, it right. kind of feels unreal and quite realistic at the same time. It's 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 sounds like a kind of freaky world to be trapped in. Yeah. Did you have to take the headset cool. off much to like just kind of cool off? No. No, you were just. I went in there. for it. I I was. Did you do it once one session? I think I I more or less played it in a it quite hefty. It, you know, it was only about three hours long, but um, it was, it was, yeah, I was engaged and thoroughly spooked for the duration. There was maybe a pud- puzzle, puddle, a puddle, a puzzle. Slime puddle. 
Here we go. Now I can get into this game. Now you're interested. Uh, there was a puzzle with a piano, like maybe towards the midpoint of the second act. I never act. trust the piano. There's a there's a there's a piano puzzle, and it was like ugh, it was it was that was a little bit annoying. But other than that, like that's such a minor misstep. Um, like you know, occasionally there's the odd puzzle that's a little frustrating, but like they don't they're not so frustrating they completely take you out of it um and yeah no i really enjoyed it uh it's a bit tropey the story but otherwise i was i was thoroughly spooked i had a good time well there's plenty more to talk about but we're actually running a bit out of time so i just want to say whistle stop tour i just want to say a few few words if i may okay uh <laughs> sorry uh we've i've talked too much about no v- no no VR. Uh, you, you you're meant to that's why we pay you money uh yes please pay me uh, Mega Man 11 is actually pretty good. Yeah. Read the review. Hollow Knight is it really, really good. It's, Read the review. Yes. Uh, Catastronauts, surprisingly good. Yes. Uh, if you like Overcooked and you want something you'll a bit different. You'll love this. If you want something a bit different, you'll, yeah, you'll love this. It's like sh- you play through like a series of ships trying to keep the ship basically Really ticking. badly designed ships, but also excellently designed to play through. Yes, yes. Trying to get all of your shots off while, while maintaining your ship from being destroyed. Kind of a... A mad uh, cross between Overcooked and FTL. Yes. Definitely check that out. SNK Tag Team Heroines. It's a fighting game, SNK style. It's very sort of casual, but I actually really liked the way mm. it casualized it. Mm. It's a lot of Me fun. Me too. Uh, it's quite expensive also. So yeah. Maybe when it comes down in price, like if you're, if you're interested in sort of fun, weird, yeah. almost party-esque take on a yeah. fighting. Because uh, compared to like other casualized... Wow. I don't really like the word casualized, but that's what I'm, that's what I'm going to use. Uh, like BB Tag, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. Uh, this is which, you know, uh, I did sort of work on. So, you know, full, full disclosure there. Yes. Um, SNK Tag is kind of more sort of party focused. Yeah. By its very nature of having like crazy items and stuff. Uh, yes. So I, I thought it was a ton of fun. Yeah, it is. And The Gardens Between is a really cool indie game where you sort of uh, play a really, really cool story, sort of exploring memories that these, these two people have of one another and you sort of rewind and. and and fast forward uh, as you sort of solve little puzzles that it's not too long the puzzles never get too complicated and it recently won Australian Game Dev Awards oh, Game of the Year congratulations to the devs yay uh, but now we have finally one big button I don't know what this button does should we press it I mean that's the whole purpose of buttons to be pressed okay I'm pressing the button uh oh now we're in the horror zone because it's Halloween uh, horror games. Horror games. Um, what horror game would you recommend someone play oh, this God. this time? I will I will go with one. I will recommend one for all of our uh, lovely readers at home. I will recommend that you play Alien Isolation because it's scary and it's too scary yes. for me, and I couldn't play much of it. So I would like you to play on my behalf. Yes. Uh, I uh, mean, the alien is very clever. <laughs> yes. Um, and I. I also really don't like the robots. In fact, the, the robots, robots are very are, scary. Yes, they I are. I don't like the way that they walk at you. If you, like Oscar, find it too difficult to play this game, then may I also recommend that you tune into Sam Greer's uh, live stream because she's been streaming that recently mm. too. Yes, regular freelancer Sam Greer. Yes. Um, it, is a, it is a very spooky game. Um, but if you want to play one that I, I, I have actually played all the way through, uh, Resident Evil 7, I still think it's fantastic. And what yeah. better time... Uh, with all of our Resi 2 stuff coming up um, to sort of and, and Resi 2 itself coming up uh, to sort of just immerse yourself in, in mm. some lovely Resident Evil I think Resident Evil 7 is I think it's a really special game yeah uh, the way that they 
moved on from six and sort of reimagined it. Yes. And there's so much about that game that I think is good, and I think people should still be talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. It's super good. Uh, it's one of the best, and, and some of that DLC is, is super good. Yes. So if you missed out on the DLC, especially, you know, jump back in, get the DLC. Mm. There is an add-on sale going on at the moment on uh, PS4. I don't know if the Resident Evil 7 stuff is in it, but it might be. And if not, maybe treat yourself. Uh, horror games. Jess. I really wish you Shadow Hearts. I really wish you'd asked me to prepare an answer for this before the podcast. I mean, Shadow Hearts has horror elements, but like, I mean, there are bits that spooked me as a thirteen-year-old. Mm. But uh, in a similar not... sense, like Castlevania: Cynthia of the Night has a lot of horror elements, but it's not really. It's like not a really a game. horror game. But at the same time, when I think about like games that I would maybe play at this time of year, a lot of them are PS2 horror classics, honestly, because there's something about that era Yeah, you were just talking well. to me about like, uh, what was the one you were talking to me about the other day? Forbidden Siren? Forbidden Siren? I'm always talking oh. about that one. Um, the way you see through it, the, like, the enemy's eyes and it always freaks me out. Yeah, I got uh, past the first gosh. level. Uh, well, that's really good for you, considering you don't like being spooked. Well, I think it was the first level anyway. Mm. I don't know. Maybe it's just the tutorial level. It might have been. The if it's, if it's... Uh, yeah, that's quite early on. But Jazz, I got scared. <laughs> I know, well, yeah, that's the whole point. But um, yes, no, Forbidden Siren, Forbidden Siren 2, I think a lot of people are like, oh, Forbidden Siren 2 is the best one. And that's like a PS2 classic on PS4 as well, isn't it? Forbidden yes. Siren. So I'm not just saying like, oh, the PS2 is really good. You can actually play some of these games on PS4 as well. I mean, it would be remiss of me not to say Silent Hill 2 is probably still worth your time after all these years as well. Um, and uh, Oscar and I have this agreement because he doesn't like playing horror games. Oh, but he... I, I love playing horror games. I don't know what you're talking about. But I'm Mr. He's, Horror he's, over here. Uh... I've seen all of the movies. I've seen uh, Seesaw. I've seen uh, The Curse of the 15th Elm Street. And I've also seen Christmas. <laughs> That was a joke on the name Halloween. <laughs> but Oscar and I, um, we're because he's 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 he missed the, the the a number of the Silent Hill games the first time around, and I happen yeah. to have a copy of Silent Hill on PlayStation One. So, oh, yeah. yeah, we we're probably going to spend our Halloween playing through. Well, I'm playing through Silent Hill, and then Oscar is watching and uh, making sure neither of us gets I spooked. Think I'll probably just stay in the office and just sort of lock myself in a cupboard. <laughs> And also, and also, um, I kind of want to return to Fatal Frame as well, or Project Zero, depending oh, on where in the world you are. I've always wanted to get into that series, but again... It, horror, it's but photography! Good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I've played like, a lot of horror games, but like not ever I thought I would finish most of them. I mean, stuff like yes. Resident Evil, like, I prefer mm. uh, personally, because... You end up being a bit more sort of empowered. Yes, actually. yes. I mean, you still have to manage your resources and stuff, but at the and often in the boss fight, you do have an actual rocket launcher to fire at the big bad, yeah. which is super satisfying. Um, yeah, I mean, there, you know, there's some horror games I've gone through. You know, I'm, I'm just I'm quite familiar uh, with like sort of Clock Tower and stuff. Oh, I want to play more Clock Tower, man! I really want to play more Clock Tower. Uh, well, um, a lot of the later ones are kind of bad. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> three looks terrible, but it looks I like think a there good are time. Like about them, yeah. I think I'd love three. Uh, Happy like Halloween! And like and subscribe and send this to your friends and email in questions and follow us at opm underscore uk and uh, follow each of uh, us on Facebook um, at Mr Oscar TK. Capricorn again. So yeah, my my core recommendations are Alien Isolation and Resident Evil Seven. And yours is Forbidden Siren and Silent Hill. Yes. Yay. If, uh, if if you've got a copy Does that of mean the I PS2, I can depress the horror button. 
No, just. It won't unpress. Ah! <laughs>